Hi, this is Mackenzie, and this is the Mill Spouse Brief. I hope you guys had a wonderful week. I was out of town working, and it was really fun to just kind of get back into the swing of travel and all that kind of stuff. I will say, driving, so I was up in Northern California, driving down and having to sit in LA traffic was one of the worst things. I have no clue how people do it every single day. So if you're somebody that sits in those long lines of traffic every single day, commuting back and forth from work, Please let me know what the secret was because it was awful. And then there was like seven accidents. So then it was like you'd go and then you'd stop because you'd hit another accident. Oh, it was it was a mess. I do have some exciting news though. I figured out how to have non like local to California slash Camp Pendleton area people on the podcast. So if you're listening and you don't live local and you want to come on as a guest, just reach out to me. Or if you know somebody that would be really great for a guest but isn't local, please have them reach out to me. And then if you are local and you listen and you want to come on, I would love for you to come on. I love having guests on. I learn so much and I know my listeners do too. And with that being said, we have another guest this week. Her name is Haley and she's really sweet. She's super kind and she was really vulnerable and I really appreciate the courage that she had to come on and talk about the different things that she's gone through and I think for new moms and expecting moms she gives you a lot of insight and I think it's a really reassuring to kind of see what she went through and how she went through it and her husband had a really cool job he had a job in DC and you'll learn all about in the episode and it was really fun talking with her and so I'm just so very grateful that she came on and without further ado here's Haley. So I'm here with Haley. So Haley, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Haley. Um, I'm from a small town in Southeast Texas. Uh, that's where my husband's from too. Okay, cool. So is that where you guys met? Yes. Okay. We um, we actually met when we were eight. Oh my gosh. So I'm about to be 20 in July. He's about okay. to be 22. Um, and we just kind of dated on and off through high school. And mm-hmm. so um, we, we met at a, a Halloween party. For with our family friends, and um, we got together for the last time when I was sixteen. He was eighteen and getting ready to leave for boot camp. Okay, so you've been through it all. Mm -hmm. So we, I actually I found out I was pregnant a few like a few weeks before he left for boot camp. Oh my gosh! Uh, How did that go? It was rough. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I was sixteen. I was still in my senior year of high school. Yeah. Um, I refused to drop out. That's awesome. So I was working part time at a Sonic. Okay. And was going to school full time senior year. Ended up graduating. My daughter was six months old. Oh my gosh, that's Um, amazing. So he, I didn't tell him at first Mm because I didn't want him to not go to boot camp. Okay. So did he not know until while he was at boot Mm -hmm. camp? Okay. I didn't tell him until he was at boot camp because I was afraid that he wasn't well, yeah. he wasn't gonna go. Um, so luckily, we it was still early, so he didn't really miss anything. Yeah. And I I almost died. Oh, I had oh sepsis my in my blood, or I was starting to get septic, and yeah. so I didn't tell him that either oh until graduation. Uh, he was going through the crucible at that time, so oh, yeah. th- that was a that was a big no. Yeah. Um. I think that's one of the hardest things. So, like, I've known my husband since I was 14. And 
like I was really struggling when I was at college while he was at boot camp and so it was really hard and I remember his recruiter was amazing and he would always check in on us Mm -hmm. and so I remember going like how much do I divulge in these letters like do I tell him I'm miserable because I don't want him to like not feel like I'm telling him the truth but at the same time I'm like He's going through way worse than I am. Oh, yeah. So, I, I actually just recently found out his best friend from boot camp, uh, his name's Donnie. Okay. He told me that they had met in the bathrooms, and I the way I told him was I sent him one of the sonograms. Mm-hmm. And whenever I told him, apparently he was crying in the bathroom, and that's how he met his best friend. Oh, my And gosh. so, his best friend's been there every step of the journey as well. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I met him for the first time at their boot camp graduation. Okay, and then, so you got to go? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I was able to go. And, and then, then with Texas, does that fall... Did they do boot camp here at Pendleton or at Paris Island? I think it depends on where in Texas you're at. Okay. Um, because the state is so big. Yeah. Where we were, he went to San Diego. Okay. So we flew to San Diego, and we were there for, I want to say like two days, yeah. three days. And then we came home for his 10 days leave. Mm-hmm. We did our gender reveal, which <laughs> we did like a gender reveal slash maternity pictures because oh, cool. he was going to D.C., and so what did he do in DC? He was a part of the ceremonial marchers oh, cool. at um, Marine Barracks 8th and I. Yeah. And he did a lot of funerals at our yeah, Arlington Cemetery. Yeah. So was that his like job? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Friday night parades during the summer, they usually I think they just started like last week, so late April. Yeah. Up until August, mid-August, they do Friday night parades. And they have a special guest of honor. Sometimes the vice president goes. Yeah. Sometimes uh, they have, like, so secretary of the Navy. did he, like, sign up for that job before he went to boot camp? He signed up while he was in SLI. Okay. So um, he volunteered, and they had to do a big background check on him and yeah. tell him, okay, So well, he was slated for infantry at first. Mm-hmm. And is this job, was this just, like, a billet, like a B-billet? What is that? So that's like kind of like combat director, like you go and it's like three years or four years and then you go back to your normal job. So kind of. It's okay. a it's a non-deployable unit for two years. Okay, yeah. So it's um, a billet. But it's only infantry. Oh. So no other MOS can go because if something happens at the White House or the that in Capitol sense. Hill, yeah. it's like a mile and a half, two mile run from the barracks to Capitol Hill. And so they can be on whenever all the yeah, protests yeah. were going on in that yeah, area, yeah. they had to be along like Yeah. They had to be... Wow, that's yeah. so cool. I did not know that that even, like... Existed? Yeah, or, like, that's how it's kind of chosen. Because you see, mm-hmm. you know, like, you see the Marines that watch the president, you know, mm-hmm. when they get off Air Force One and all that kind of stuff, and you wonder, like, how do they get that job? So, okay, so while he was at SOI, he volunteered for it. Yes. Okay. And that was... Once he found out it was a non-deployable unit, oh, yeah. they... He was like, okay, sign me up. That yeah. I don't want to see a deployment. I've got a newborn on the way. Yeah. I don't want this. So with that, was he able to... So did he have to finish SOI and then go to D.C.? So yeah, he okay. So he left for boot camp June 4th of 2018, graduated okay. August 31st. Okay. Um, and then that 10 days leave, he left on 9-11 to go back to... Come back to Pendleton for yeah, SOI. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, he actually graduated a day before the Marine Corps ball in D.C. Oh, So cool. they flew him to D.C., and that day they had the ball. Oh, my god! Because it's like a it's like Probably a 9- to 12-hour flight from oh, here yeah. to D.C. So he had a layover in Philadelphia, and then he got there, and they were like, okay, you need to get this. And he's like, why? They're, oh, the ball's tonight. Well, why wasn't I told this? Yeah. And so he immediately had the ball, 
and then they have what's called SDP, which okay. is the Silent Drill Platoon. Oh, um, yeah. That's there in D.C. So they have the Silent Drill School whenever you first get to D.C. to pretty much see if you're worthy or not to be on the Silent Drill Platoon. Did he want to do that or no? No. Okay. It was too much stress. Yeah. Um, they are very... That's the they do like the seven steps this way and you know like is pretty that... much so they they do a performance in complete silence they they twirl the, oh, the rifles yeah, 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 yeah. and okay. um they they play at football games yeah, yeah, yeah. or play Didn't they perform yeah. um they actually performed at the super bowl oh, wow. i think one year okay. and then one of the so do you have to be infantry to do that as well yes everybody that goes to dc has to be infantry um so, wow. yeah it's I'm learning so much. I love it. It's a pretty useless form of the MOS, yeah. but in the case something the happens, yeah. like the experience. Is DC cool. was wonderful. Like yeah. I'd go back in a heartbeat. So he goes there. When do you get to go there? Um, September of 2019. Okay, so it took you a whole year to mm-hmm. be able to go out there. So he went through SDS. They. I think they dropped him, like, a week before my daughter's due date. Okay. Um, and he was told this whole time, like, hey, I'm having a baby. I need to know what steps I need to take to go home and see her birth. They said, as soon as your wife goes into labor, call us, and we'll, you know, send you. No big deal. Well, then they found out we weren't married. And they, <sighs> they told him he had no legal obligation to go at all. So then he had to file last-minute leave. Yeah. And... Got it approved about four days before he was supposed to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, he made it, but then he only got three days with her daughter when she was born. Oh. She was due on Christmas Day and okay. came the 28th oh. um, and then left the 2nd. Yeah. So that was a journey in a, in and of itself. Yeah. And then I graduated. So is there, is there, like, a reason you guys decided not to get married before to, like, not necessarily, like, have the benefits, but have kind of the Marine Corps see, like, oh, yeah, that is your wife, that is mm-hmm. your child type thing? Um, I was 17. Oh. I didn't turn 18 until after I graduated. So, and my mom wasn't signing off on it. My mom is... That would make... Sorry, I, like, was, like... Yeah. But that makes total sense. Okay. So, uh, I had her... I got pregnant with her at 16 okay. and had her at 17. Okay. Um, and then I graduated May of 2019. Okay. And then July, I turned 18. Okay. So I turned 18 July 17th. He flew home. We got married July 26th. Oh, my gosh. That's so And then he had to fly back, file all the paperwork to get BAH started and everything else. So does that – I guess this is another question. Sorry. With him obviously being the father to the child, Mm -hmm. how did the BAH work? Because technically she's his dependent. So they wanted him to do a DNA test before, like – Military, it was confusing. They wanted him to do a DNA test, but he just signed the birth certificate and said, you know, we'll get it all figured out whenever we get married. Mm -hmm. We're going to get married in a few months. We're just going to leave it be. Yeah. Well, so afterwards, you know, they just asked him, are you sure it's your daughter? Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, it's my daughter. You know, no questions. Yeah. And so they were like, okay, signed it off. And then we got there, or before we got there, he had flown home. And he told me, hey, you know, my command's calling me, I gotta go, whatever. 
he left, and then he told me he's getting over twenty grand in back pay. Well, yeah, that's what for I was like, like, should he, have, he should have gotten back pay. Yeah, so he got all that back pay. We put some of it in savings, oh, that's and that's so what amazing. we used to move to Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Um, we got a new car because oh ours gosh, wasn't so going to make it. Um, I will say that VH back pay it, does yeah. wonders. We got it when we got married because he was deploying right away. And so mm-hmm. I wasn't going to come back out here until we got home. And so, yeah, we got, I think we got like 13 yep. grand and like paid off all my student debt or yeah plus, yeah student debt yeah like what do you pay like a college student loans, student loans yeah <laughs> um and put a ton of it in savings yep. and it was so nice because then like once we started here we didn't have to worry about that yeah and that's what we pretty much did we um we moved from the little town Dayton Texas yeah uh, it's about 45 minutes outside of Houston Okay, cool. We moved from there all the way to Alexandria, Virginia. Oh which my gosh, that is so crazy. Did should you have only fly been. Or drive? We drove. Okay, which makes uh, sense if you had all your stuff. Yeah, and I mean, I packed everything that was in my bedroom into that little car, and that's oh. what we moved with clothes and everything. And then, how old is your daughter when this is happening? Uh, nine months, about wow. to be nine months old. So it it was tough because, yeah. but she slept the whole time. So, so all good. we had to do was stop, feed her, and change her, and yeah. we were on the way. Um, what should have taken us, you know, like a day and a half took mm-hmm. us three days. Okay. Because not even 24 hours after having the car, we get in Alabama and the water pump seized up. Oh. So we're stuck on the side of the road for 12 hours. Oh my gosh, no. And we just had continuous problems with it. But thankfully, we were eight hours away from my dad, who lives oh, okay. in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Okay. Um, so we drove there for Thanksgiving. Nice. And Did you get the car problems all figured out? No. It's oh, still giving no. us problems. It's just not giving us as much problems now. Yeah. Well, I have um, a really good mechanic here if you want his um, number. At this point, we're ready to just sell it yeah. as is and then use that money as a trade or, you know, the down payment on the new car. No, that totally makes sense. He just got a new truck. So oh, nice. I was like, you get a truck, I get a car. That's how yeah. that goes. <laughs> so um, he missed pretty much the whole year of yeah. our daughter's life first year. But thankfully, um, he didn't miss her first steps. He didn't miss her crawling. He didn't miss her first words. How was that for you? Um, it was kind of tough. Because I know we have a lot of listeners who are either going through the fact that they're pregnant and are going to give birth by themselves or the fact that they had a baby and their husband had to deploy like right mm-hmm. after. So how was that for you? And do you have any advice where you're like, this really helped me, this really helped my daughter, this really helped my husband? So I suggest having a good relationship with somebody in your family. Okay. Um, you know, at the time, me and my mom were okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd like to think that me and my mom were still okay, but there's a lot of issues that I'm realizing now as I get older yeah. that I didn't realize as a teenager. Yeah. Um, but at the time, we had a plan set out that if my husband wasn't going to be able to be there for her birth, that my sister was going to come out. Okay. And my sister is my daughter's godmother. Okay, awesome. Um, I just suggest having a strong support system. Yeah. Because it was hard. I bet. But my only, my motivation was my daughter. Yeah. So, um, I did, I ended up going back to college um, oh, awesome. because I don't want my daughter to grow up and see, oh, my mom got pregnant in high school and didn't yeah. follow through with her dreams. So that's so remarkable. And I totally think that when your daughter gets older and she recognizes all that you're doing as an example and for her, 
she would be so grateful. Yeah, and I, I'm grateful that we're not going to see a deployment because he'll be getting out before his unit deploys. Oh, that's awesome. But that first year, I mean, it, it's hard. Yeah. Um, but make friends. How did it affect you and your husband's relationship? Um, it was hard because, you know, FaceTime was our only form of communication. And yeah. being in D.C. and Virginia, or D.C. and Texas is completely different from being in the Middle East and being here. So I don't know how that is over there. I don't know if you can even FaceTime. I know some families do. Mm-hmm. But with now the technology that there is, that was the best way that we got through it. Yeah. Um, he was able to talk to my daughter. Yeah, and, so she could hear his voice. Yeah, so like she that. knew who he was. Um, but it, it caused a lot of problems because, you know, friends from his past would like to try to start drama because I was home. And it was just vice versa. And it just, it was all about having trust in each other. Yeah. And having an open line of communication. That's um, after I had my daughter, I got diagnosed with postpartum depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sleeping. Um, and I, I had a lot of suicidal thoughts. Um, him not being home made it worse. Yeah. But, you know, just having that support system mm-hmm. got better. Um, being closer to my dad whenever we moved really helped because me and my dad had an estranged relationship. Mm-hmm. And him seeing the relationship he has with my daughter now mm-hmm. is way worth getting pregnant at 16 because yeah. that little girl's his world. Oh, that's so precious. Um, it, it it all depends on the person you are. Yeah. I'm personally an introvert. I don't mm-hmm. like brand. Like, this is completely <laughs> new to me. Yeah. And my husband was like, yeah, you should do it. I was like, well, what if what if I don't know how to, what to talk about? <laughs> And Don't worry, I got you. <laughs> he was like, just do it. It's out of your comfort zone. It'll make you feel better. Yeah. So it is. It It's different. But, you know, I didn't have friends in high school. I didn't have that support system. Yeah. So I just went to school. I worked and I, I went to bed. I think that's something that, like, a lot of us, and, like, and I know I've struggled since I've moved here, like, making friends. And mm-hmm. it's a lot harder. And I think, and you can probably attest to this, and we talk a lot about it on the podcast, is, like, the military spouse community is very interesting. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and you see all those funny videos and TikToks about stereotypes, but it's really true. Yeah, it's, you don't see it until you're actually, like, living on base. Yeah, and living on base, I think, almost, like, quadruples it, mm-hmm. you know? Because, like, maybe at, like, an event for your service member, you see some spouses, and you're like, okay, yeah, the TikToks make sense. But then when you're living on base, you're like... Oh, my word. Yeah. These make sense. Well, so D.C. didn't have a base. Okay. There was a few bases around D.C., yeah, but yeah. they weren't strictly a Marine Corps base. Mm-hmm. There was the Navy Yard, but yeah. I really only think maybe officers live there, mm-hmm. higher enlisted. I really don't know. And I feel like in D.C., because it's obviously the capital and you have so much, mm-hmm. like, it, it, with Pendleton, it's Marines and then yep. a little bit of Navy, but it's Marines. It's Marines. And it's, you know, like, Semper Fi, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, and you have, like, all of those added stereotypes, where in D.C. I think it's almost so much more common, and you have so many that you don't stick out, because that's everybody. Well, and so, in in Maryland, mm-hmm. there was JBAB, which yeah. was a Joint Base Anacostia Bowling, yes. which I believe is Air Force, mm-hmm. and maybe Army, I don't know for sure, mm-hmm. and then in Virginia... There was, um... Quantico. Yes, Quantico's in Virginia. That's a Marine base, mm-hmm. but that's where, like, FBI is and um, yeah, yeah, headquarters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't actually go there because it was a bit of a drive for us, mm-hmm. 
but there's a joint base. Um, it's a joint army and marine base, but oh, there's cool. not many marines stationed there. It's gotcha. more so army. My grandfather was stationed there when he was in the army. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Um, so you had the choice of living on one of those bases. Where did you guys choose? We chose to live off off one of those bases mm-hmm. in in the in the town. There was an apartment complex that oh, awesome. more of the barracks members lived in mm-hmm. and so that's how he found out about it because he got our apartment before I did oh, okay and so that's how we found out about it um it wasn't horrible it wasn't in the best part of town but it wasn't horrible yeah um just the prices sucked oh, but you know being on base is completely different oh it's it's I can't even like when I think about living in an apartment back in my hometown compared to living on base it is so different Mm -hmm. like like just even like your thoughts and your actions like it's so different and it's it's almost like kind of hard to explain because you don't even like realize how different it is and then how used to it you get yep until all of a sudden you're like oh that's like not real world like and then you're looking at it it's like how do i how do i explain this to my civilian friends yeah like how do i explain that there are what i had somebody ask me what a dependa was (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, um, it, it's it's a it's a dependa. What do you mean? And they're like, what's a dependa? And yeah. I, was, I was like, I it's the the military version of a Karen. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's just the person that always relies on their spouse, and yeah, and, they make a big deal of the fact that they are they have a service member, yeah. and you know. And I was like, that's what it is. And they're like, you use that? Well, that's I don't what personally, we talk a lot but... about on the podcast because we have a lot of civilian listeners, and. If we, and I'm so grateful that you, like, are spelling out acronyms and explaining, because, like, probably three to four people a pod, like, episode, are like, what's this acronym, or what's this acronym, and so I try really hard to, like, catch myself Mm -hmm. and say them, but at the same time, it's really hard because it's our language, like, it is all we talk in, and you don't even realize that that's all you talk in. Yep, and that's what my husband just told me, he said, oh, I got duty, and I try to explain what duty is to my family, and they're like, they really do that? Yeah, that's... That's a thing in the military. In D.C., it was 24-hour duty. Yeah. You sat there for 24 hours, and then the next day you still had to go to work. Yep. So he was up for 36-plus hours. And I was like, well, we'll see how it is here, because hadn't had it yet. Cade, because he was in the armory, had armory duty a lot. But mm-hmm. it was always just, like, 12 hours. You know, it was, like, 6 to 6. And then I found out, like, two days ago that he was like, well, because his friend had barracks duty. And I was like, your friend's married at home down the street. And he was like, oh, no, now that I'm out of the armory, I'll have barracks duty. And I was like, oh, so you're telling me one night that you're going to leave our house yep. from 6 to 6, and you're going to go sit at the barracks and have duty while you are a married Marine. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, what? That's what I got told was the the married Marines here didn't have to do duty. Mm-hmm. Um, that is very seldom that they do it, especially being infantry. Oh, well, yeah, infantry's probably different. I was like, I don't know. But he's with... How he was in D.C., um, you know, he they pretty much told him he's as useless as a boot being out here because he wasn't doing his job out there. Yeah. And so he's just like, I'm playing out the rest of my contract. and then When does his contract end? Uh, June 4th of next year. Okay, so you guys have about a year to mm-hmm. live. Okay. And he gets, he's got fab orders coming up too, so he'll, he won't be in this particular unit, mm-hmm. I What's guess. fab orders again? Um... I don't exactly know. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know that they're pretty much going to put him somewhere where they don't really 
somewhere where they need him somewhere else, but mm-hmm. not in that unit. So he oh, could okay. go work at, like, the gym, or he could be one of the gate guards, oh, or okay, gotcha, gotcha. something like that. But it's only for, like, six months. Yeah. Okay. And so it's another, like, small V-Billet. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Um, so he's got that coming up, and then... TRS paperwork and so is there like what's your guys's reasoning behind getting out or like wanting to get out? Um, honestly, the Marine Corps screwed him. Okay, and he just doesn't want to be in anymore. Is it? Do you feel like because he had to go do the DC job? Maybe. Um, I feel like if he would have stayed here after SOI, mm-hmm. then it would have been better. But I honestly feel like if he would have gone on deployment, it would have ruined him because in his daughter. Yeah. You know, I don't think it. Me, personally, I think I would have been fine because he gets on my last nerve. <laughs> but him and my daughter are the tightest bond ever, and oh, so I don't think he could be without her now yeah. after living together. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how it would have been. Um, his best friend is actually, he's he's not infantry, but he's um, artillery, mm-hmm. and so he's stationed in 29. And he's like, you know, hey, we could have gone on deployment together, and my husband's like, nope. Yeah. Nope, I wouldn't have gone. So I don't really know. I I truly don't know. Are you, like, okay with the fact that he's getting out? Like, what are your thoughts with that? I, yes and no. Um, I hate to be the person that's like, oh, the benefits, because yeah. the benefits honestly suck. But... But you in know, reality, there is so much that we do not have to worry mm-hmm. about on a daily basis. And that's what, you know, I told him, you know, with everything happened with COVID, a lot of jobs back home aren't available anymore. Yeah. So and are you guys going back home? That's the plan okay. for right now. Um, it just, a lot of jobs aren't available anymore. And I said, I would rather you be somewhere where we are secure rather than be struggling. And, yeah. you know, because I live that life. I don't want that for my daughter. Um, and then on top of it, we're trying to have another baby. Yeah. So I was like, I'd rather TRICARE pay for that and yeah. not have to come out of pocket <laughs> for that. And it, it's just hard because he doesn't really know. He talked about re-enlisting and changing MOSs. Yeah. He talked about re-enlisting and going to another branch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he talked about just getting out altogether. So I don't really know. Yeah. Has he come up with a plan of what he wants to do once he gets out? He wants to go work construction for oh, a little cool. bit. His childhood best friend, um, his dad works for a company mm-hmm. that works with cranes and whatever else. Oh, and cool. so he told him, once you come home or you're on your way home, give me a call and I'll get you an interview set up. Oh, that's nice. Um, my so you dad, guys have a job set up? Yeah, as of right now. Um, we also talked about moving to Massachusetts for a, oh, little, yeah, for a short time. Dad. Um, my dad's actually in the process of starting his own business right now. Oh, so cool. he told me, you know, if Jason ever needs a job, he can come and... You know, I, I've got that spot for him, and I was yeah. like, he doesn't want to live on the East Coast, but okay. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, no, I totally get that, and I think that's where we're at right now, is trying to decide mm-hmm. if he's going to re-enlist or not. And I think it's hard because I, like, lived on my own before we got married and I moved here, and I paid all my own bills and all that kind of stuff, and, like, I had a big girl job, and so it was, like, fine to pay my own bills, but there are so many things that you don't realize that the military just takes care of. Well, I mean, look at gas prices. Simply from on base and then right as you walk out that main gate. Uh, yeah, the Chevron? It yeah. makes me want to die every time I see it. And it, the airport's worse. Oh my it's gosh, so like right now for people listening, on base I think it's three seventy nine. And the, if it that. went if it went up, then I don't know because the last time I looked at it, it was three seventy seven. Okay, so three seventy seven, three seventy nine is what it's at by our houses. 
If you go off base really quickly, the first gas station you'll run into is the Chevron. And what I saw a couple, probably like a week ago, was four seventy nine. I saw like four eighty. Okay, so yeah, so, so we're thinking it's of that. Down in San Diego by the airport, when I flew in a couple weeks ago and I saw it, it was four ninety nine. Yeah, and I just flew in two weeks ago from back from Texas. Oh yeah, yeah. And what it was, was it? I want to say four ninety nine. Mm-hmm. And then I like was told up in LA it's five twenty five. Oh my god. So for everybody listening, that is what we deal with the gas places right now, and it also makes sense why there's so many freaking Teslas because yep. if you lived here your whole life, no wonder because a Tesla car price every month is nothing compared to what you'd pay for gas. Well, and now the uh, the government's trying to push electric vehicles for the environment control oh, or whatever yeah. and that's i heard that you might have to pay a tax in california if you don't have an electric yep. vehicle I, i've seen that too i was like oh my goodness but you know it, it's crazy but i understand like if you decide to live here full time that tesla will save you money which mm-hmm. is wild to even wrap your brain around but then it's like is it worth you know we're gonna be here for a little over a year is it worth getting into a car payment with a tesla whenever i move back to my small little town where oh, there's yeah. no chargers absolutely anywhere not. yeah absolutely not but if you were to say, okay, I'm going to live in San Clemente for the rest of my life, oh yeah, you would save so much money. I did learn, I think my grandma told me this, that if you are in a Tesla and you get in an accident, the ENTs cannot touch you until an electrician, electrician comes and clears you. That's funny that you say that because um, back home, on the outskirts of Houston, there's a little town, Atascacita, Humble, um it's called like the woodlands, multiple different little areas. Yeah. Um, while I was home, there was a Tesla that got in a crash and it actually caught fire (gasps) and it shut down the electrical system. So the two men inside of it couldn't get out. Oh my gosh. And I don't know if anything else is being said about it or like what's going on, but I can only imagine what Elon Musk is going through right now. Oh, yeah, the lawsuit. But, yeah. And, and that, I think that's, like, the scary part of it, you know, is, like, we are not equipped for these mm-hmm. cars. And it's, like, a, a trunk can really have... Cool. <laughs> a, a, a modern trunk can have a little lever to get out if you get stuck in it, but yeah. these newer cars don't have any kind of safety features if you get caught in a fire. Yeah. Especially being electric. Exactly. So I think it's crazy. Okay, so you guys are waiting to do that. So talk about your life now. What is your home life like? Do you feel like your husband comes home from work and it's like, okay, work is done. I'm home. Do you feel like work trickles in a lot more? Um, he likes to keep his work life and his home life separate. Okay. Uh, that's why we moved so far away from where his unit is. Okay, so you guys live in... We live in Edson. Okay. Which is, uh, yeah, right up the road. He works mm-hmm. in Horno. They're actually moving back to San Mateo. Okay. So, I so want to say... So, he's going to have all the way up to San Clemente Drive. Yeah. Okay. So, and his exact reason was, I want to keep my work life and home life separate. I don't yeah. want to live too close to work. In D.C., he lived 10 minutes away. Okay. And it was, it was horrible. And so... Do um, you feel like just because he could so easily return to work that they would, like, call on him... Or what, like, made it horrible that he was so, so close? So, it was scary because, like I mentioned with the protest, yeah. um, they were shutting down the highways okay. in D.C., which was the main highway from him getting home to work and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, he had just made it to work whenever I got the phone call from my best friend saying, hey, I'm stuck in traffic because they just shut the highway down to the protesters. Oh my and my gosh. best friend and her little brother were in the car. Oh my gosh. And so that's what my worry was, was he was going to get caught in the protest yeah. or 
one of the first nights that the protests were going on, they had cops surrounding the barracks just in case yeah. something was to happen. Because the barracks, barracks are here, sidewalks here. You walk off that city street. There's no, yeah. no fence, no nothing. Which is scary because, like, I think about here. You know, mm-hmm. we have so much protection before they actually get to my house. Well, and that's you know, in DC, it you're on city streets. Yeah. In the barracks. It and I mean, matter. even like think about last week when that semi tipped over and mm-hmm. closed I-5 and people couldn't even get off base. I'm like so thankful that we live here because even though it took Cade forever to come home because they closed off Vander Griffin, you know, yeah. they had cars ever going, Cade still got home. You know what I mean? Yeah. He wasn't like, oh, I got to go sit back at my job and go hang out with one of my single friends in the barracks because I can't even get on I-5. Yeah. I can I mean, I feel for other infantry wives that, you know, whose husbands do deploy and... You know, they say Marines are the first ones in and the last ones out. I don't know if we're in wartime or not. I don't yeah. watch the news. I don't we're get political. Right um, so, thankfully, we're not in wartime. Yeah. Um, because I can't even bear the thought of him getting shot at. Yeah. And that, that goes along with my anxiety and my depression. I start thinking about it, and then I yeah. start freaking myself out. And so, but then you read about maybe a year ago the amphibious... Um, oh boat my gosh, that yeah, the AAVs. That, and that was here. Yeah, and it was a training exercise. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's what he keeps telling me, is I'm more likely to get injured in a training exercise than, you know, oh, yeah, 100%. out there. And so every time he's like, we're going out to the field, or where he just got home from the field. And they were doing helo raids. Yep. And I was like, dude, don't fall out of a helicopter. And he's like, no, I'm purposely going to do it. I'm like, yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. And it... He jokes a lot. I think that's a Marine thing. He jokes, oh, well, if I die, you get the life insurance. And I'm like, I don't care about that. Oh, me and Kate joke about that all the time. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't care about it. Yeah. Like, like at the end of the day, you don't. You do love him and you don't want him to die. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, but and I think, I do think that's like a Marine thing. I think it's almost to like keep light of like, oh, the fact that like I, I mm-hmm. am put in such dangerous positions. Well, and like back to the, you know, the home life thing, it's. It it sucks because you know he gets up so early. Our routines from DC to here are completely different. What was your routine like? What changed versus DC to here? So DC was pretty much a nine to five job, except okay. he was getting up at you know six seven o'clock. Especially when COVID hit. When COVID hit, he was only working every other day. Wow. And he was nice. working from about eight to noon. Wow. And so we move here, and. It's like he's getting up at 4.30 or he's getting up at 3.30 and he's not coming home till about 6 o'clock. Yeah. In D.C., he was home by like 3.34. So, and I just Juicing don't like being alone. Juicing a lot less of him. Yeah. And it, it sucks because, like I said, he just got back from the field. Whenever he left, my daughter ran to the door and was yelling oh. for daddy. And, you know, I just have to keep telling her, he's at work, he's at work. So whenever we were in Texas, you know, my mom would ask, hey, where's daddy? And she said, oh, he's at work. And it's like, how do you explain to a two-year-old that, how do you explain the military life to a two-year-old? And so, um, it it sucks, especially, um, in D.C., I had my best friend there. And met her through a double date with one of the guys that my husband was in SOI with. Oh, cool. They went to D.C. together. And... She, at the end of December, they got stationed in North Carolina. Okay. And so we're on two different time zones yeah. to everything, and it's like, it's hard to plan trips. It's hard to do yeah. anything. And I was like, I told Jason, I said, I hate the military life. He said, why? I said, because I made a friend, and now she lives three time zones away. And I was like, I don't want to make any more friends. Yeah. Screw that. I'd rather just wait until we get out. 
and no I totally I like I've said those exact same things you know like where you're like oh I have my friends but they're not here and it's hard and I think it's hard especially when you've grown up near a family like Mm -hmm. I grew up in Ohio my entire life and so the fact that you have so many people you can call on and rely on and then you kind of have to like rebuild that every place you go that's tough well like it it's funny because my best friend's little brother, he's about to be 17 this year, mm-hmm. and he built a really good bond with my husband. Like, they they are, like, literal brothers. Oh, that's so awesome. And he'll call me, and it'll only be, like, 9 o'clock here, but it's midnight over there. Yeah. And he'll just talk and talk and talk and talk. And I'm like, Cody, what time is it? And he said, oh, it's 3 in the morning. I'm like, dude, do you not have to go to school? He's like yeah, but I don't care. <laughs> and then I forget, like, it'll be midnight, and I'll call my best friend and be like, hey, what are you doing? She's like, I'm sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> and then my daughter, it, it'll be random times of the day, and my daughter's screaming, Ashton, Ashton. I'm like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Thankfully, we were able to um, get together for a concert in October. Oh, awesome. So this will be the first time we've seen her in almost a year. Okay. And my daughter absolutely loves her and oh, Cody. That will be so fun. And that's exciting, but no, I totally agree. I think it's really hard, and I think it's something that a lot of spouses go through, and then a lot of civilians are just unaware of kind of, yeah, Mm -hmm. that emotional toll and what we go through and all that kind of stuff. So you said that right now you watch your daughter, and then you watch other active duty kids. So right now I babysit a little girl who's a year younger than my daughter. Okay. Um, Her mom is active duty as well. Awesome. Um, and she is expecting due in the next few months. Okay. So just until she's getting ready to get out and go home, I watch her little girl for her. It's just so it's just her, me, and my daughter. That okay. way I can give both of them the one on one time. Yeah. Um, but once she leaves and once they go back home, I plan on opening up to more people. Yeah. Um, because I I see the struggle with a lot of especially active duty single moms, yeah. you know, that don't have that spouse. I see it. And, you know, people are just, they're horrible nowadays, and yeah. you can't trust anybody with your kids. And I just want to be that person to that help so people. sweet. So, to close, is there anything that, as your time dealing with those things, especially the fact that you had to kind of raise your kid for so long because of your husband's job and all that kind of stuff, is there any advice or is there anything that you're like, hey, this was a game changer for me and my daughter that could help other spouses who are going to go through that same thing of raising their kids by themselves for either if it's a deployment or yeah if they get unaccompanied orders or anything like that um I recommend you know try to FaceTime try to call yeah. um my husband actually while I was pregnant we didn't even know we were having a girl yet mm-hmm. um he went to build a bear and he got one so of those like, bears with yeah. the recording in oh it oh my gosh that's and so he precious. special recorded a message for her while she was still in my belly That way, whenever he got back, and she would know who he was. Yeah. And so, um, I played, you know, she had that up until we actually moved, because it died eventually. Yeah. Um, But every year, we get her a new bear with a new recording. um, Because, what's that place called? Mm Build-A-Bear. Does birthday bears. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we do that for her. I've seen recently where these, um, like, you can take your service member and it's, like, normally them in their camis. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, a picture. And they almost make, like, a bear, uh, or not, like, a bear, a doll of... Yeah, they're just... they're called daddy dolls. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we were going to get her one, but I was, like, I don't I don't see the point in it if yeah. he's not deploying. Yeah. But I would like to do something like that before we get out. Yeah, I know that would be um, really sweet. 
I also I recommend finding stuff that you like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, I started my photography business. Yeah, which is so cool. Um, which it helps me get out. Yeah. Whenever my daughter was little, I could just put her in the little carrier and be yeah. fine. Now my husband goes with me everywhere because oh, she likes to run around. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he even made a joke. He said, if you make more money than I do on your photography, then I'm just going to buy out my contract and be your assistant. <laughs> and I was awesome. like, <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, yeah. Find your hobbies. Don't quit doing your hobbies just because, you know, postpartum depression can't get the best of you. Yeah. It can make you feel like you're worthless. It can't, and you just got to stick Were you it. able to, like... Was your doctor really receptive and helpful in that? So she was. Um, my only deal was I didn't want to be on antidepressants. Okay. Because my mom had a bad issue with pills before. Mm-hmm. And it, they just didn't help. Yeah. And so I refused to be put on them. Um, so I you just, do feel like there's other things that can help if you're I do. wanting not to go that route? I do. Um, you know, for me personally, I was painting and I was, uh, I played awesome. keyboard and yeah. in high school I played on the drum line uh-huh. and I played while I was pregnant with my daughter. Oh my gosh. So in between music and between the drawing and yeah. my photography, my passion was art. You know, other people's might be exercise. Yeah. And I know that, you know, studies prove exercise can raise your serotonin levels and yeah. boost, you know, your mood and whatever else. So, Find are, something, but yeah. there are ways if you're deciding, like, hey, I really don't want to be put on medicine yet. And talk to your doctor about it. Because okay. my doctor here, um, you know, I went back recently and told her I don't want to be on medicine. Yeah. And she said, okay, so here's what we can do. And she got me into a therapist. And oh my gosh, I love therapy. I, like, totally, I think it's the best thing ever. I had therapy today. It was amazing. It, 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 it's honestly, for someone like me, it's terrifying because I don't like talking to people. Yeah. But getting into it and getting into the routine was a lot better for me. Yeah. Um, it also made me better for my daughter. Yeah. Um, I have a nephew on the way. Oh my gosh, that's I, exciting. I, you know, made myself better so I could meet him and not be, you know, yeah. a mess. Um, but my doctor was supportive and she said, you know... Here's what we can do. Yeah. You know, she gave me a medicine to help me sleep at night, which just so happens so to be an anti-anxiety med, okay. but I've only used it once. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's a good reminder for anybody listening that doctors will be receptive, and if your doctor is not, go get a different doctor. Yeah, because demand a, for another one. There will be a doctor out there that will listen, and will they not? And I think that's kind of one of the problems right now in society is a lot of doctors push a lot of medicine, mm-hmm. but there are doctors out there that will be receptive and will listen, and you just have to be your own advocate, and you have to have somebody possibly with you to advocate. And you have to stand your ground. You have yeah. to, if your doctor keeps saying, oh, well, you know, this will do this. No, if you don't want to be on medicine, tell them, if you don't want to help me, then I'll find somebody else. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Um, you know, same with my daughter. You have got to advocate for my daughter because yeah. she can't. Yeah. And... It's just one of those things. No. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I feel like this was so great. I love having guests on because we all have such different experiences, even though we're living typically the same life, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's so good. And I think for listeners, they can learn like, oh, maybe this is the MOS for me. Or, oh, this would be a cool opportunity. Or, oh, I don't want that. Or, hey, this will really help me because I'm pregnant and I'm expecting my husband's not going to be here. Or... My husband's going to be here, but then he deploys, you know, so I really like having guests on because I feel like if we do have each other, we should be able to lean on each other. We should Mm -hmm. be able to, hey, I have this story or, hey, what was your experience? Like, what advice, you know, and no matter how small, like short or long you've been a military spouse, you have some advice or some story Mm -hmm. to tell that's going to help somebody. 
And I'm just so grateful that you jumped out of your shell and came on today. So thank you so much. Thank you. I will say um, to all the moms listening, new moms, moms who have husbands deploying anything, um, don't be afraid to be a stay-at-home mom. The world will try to push you into working. They will try to put your baby into daycare. They will, yeah. Daycares are ridiculously expensive. Oh my gosh, here it's insane. And don't don't try to let the world push you into what to do. Being a stay-at-home mom was the best thing for yeah. me. I was able to watch my daughter grow up. I was able to not have my daughter being raised by somebody else. Yeah. And that was my biggest fear. Now when she gets into school, I may or may not go back to work. I've got a college degree yeah. and I have that opportunity. But in the long run, my kids come first. Yeah, and you just have to do what's best for yourself, and I think that's a great reminder for everybody. Some people really need to be stay-at-home moms, and it's best for them, and some people, staying at home with their kid is not their best thing Mm -hmm. for their mental health, and working is, and I think that's just a great reminder, because I do see there's a lot of societal pressures to not be a stay-at-home mom, you know, and to go back to work, and to do all those things, and so I think that's a really great reminder to do what's best for yourself, and don't worry about society is saying because they're not the ones that have to worry about raising your child. You do. They're not the ones pushing out an eight-pound kid. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, screw society. Do what you want. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, was that not just a great episode? So, to close, I wanted to read another quote And this quote is by Chip and Joanna Gaines. I just finished their book this week, actually, and it was so great. I suggest everybody go read it. And I think one of the things that was really cool about it was, at least for me, sometimes I think I can get really caught up in people's success stories and looking at where they are now. And it's like, wow, how, like, how did they get there? And their life is so perfect and they're so happy and they're so lucky. And the cool thing about their story is they really talk about how they started from nothing and how they had so many letdowns and turns and bumpy roads. And I think it's really cool because I think sometimes we can get hard, like down on ourselves when things are getting hard and we're like, oh, we just have to give up or it's not going to work out. And to see their story and to see how they persevered and how they were super scrappy and they just didn't give up, I feel like it's a very big inspiration for all of us. And I think it's something we should all think about when we want to kind of get down on our dreams. So their quote is, don't quit and don't give up. The reward is just around the corner. And in times of doubt or times of joy, listen for that still small voice. Know that God has been there from the beginning and he will be there until the end. And I just like that because I think they talked a lot about how they were barely able to pay bills or there was a stack of bills due and they didn't have the money for it. And then all of a sudden around the corner, they found some money and somebody reached out or something was sold. And I think that's really cool because I think that's also why we have those hardships in life. We have those times in life where it's hard because we wouldn't understand what true joy felt like if we've never experienced the sadness of life. And I think it's really amazing and it can be hard when you're going through those times, but if you just persevere and don't give up, I think it's a really important lesson. Well, I'm so grateful that you guys joined me on this Friday morning, and I hope you guys love listening to Haley. I know I did, and tune in next week for a really exciting episode. Um, It's going to be Kate and I, and it's uh, an episode kind of not celebrating, but it's for our one-year anniversary, and I'm really excited. It's super great, and I will catch you guys next Friday.